friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's the Reading Bug. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Sourcebooks and the latest book in the Looky Looky Little One series, Under the Sea, by Sandra Magsalmon. Please support our sponsor by purchasing Looky Looky Little One Under the Sea and other books in this adorable series for toddlers at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Sourcebooks, changing lives book by book. Hi, reader. Welcome back to Reading Bug Adventures, written, performed, and produced by all of us at The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent bookstore. This week, it's a bonus full-story episode of our Gold Rush Adventure. Thanks to each and every one of you for your support of our small business this year. It sure has been a challenging year, but we're grateful to be able to continue our adventures with you. Please consider continuing to support us by shopping at thereadingbug.com. There, you can choose from millions of books and gifts, or find recommendations from our staff, or select customized care packages for your loved ones. You can even find books from your favorite Reading Bug Adventures episodes at thereadingbug.com adventures. You can also support us by signing every young reader you know up for a perfectly personalized subscription at readingbugbox.com. Every month, the expert booksellers in our store and I handpick books that are best suited to each reader based on their age, interests, reading level, and customized notes. Every box is unique and magical, helping children discover and grow a lifelong love of reading. Before we begin our adventure, a big thank you to Resonate Recordings, who does the sound mixing and mastery for every Reading Bug Adventures episode. And of course, another big thank you to our sponsors and to all of our patrons for helping us continue to make this podcast. It takes a lot of time to write and record every episode and every song, and we couldn't do it without your help. A big thank you and hello to all of our patrons. You are part of what makes Reading Bug Adventures podcast possible. To become a patron, support our work, and hear your name shouted out in a future episode, please visit patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Okay, reader, are you ready for another exciting adventure with me and the reading bug? Then what are we waiting for? Let's fly! It's time for a reading bug adventure! It's a reading bug adventure, there's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, Reader. Over here. Thanks for joining me and The Reading Bug on another adventure today. Yeah, thanks. It's really great to see you. And I'm super excited to get going on our adventure. Hey, Lauren. Did you wear waterproof boots today like I asked you to? I sure did. And I brought a pair for you, too, reader. I also brought two round pie pans like you asked me to. But I don't have any idea why we need them or where your magic book bag might be taking us. Maybe we're going on a dessert adventure. That would be yummy. But I'm not sure why we need these boots. Reader, do you have any guesses? Well, I'm sure wherever we're going, it's going to be incredible. It always is. Reading Bug, are you taking us on some kind of baking adventure today? 
That sure sounds like fun and really delicious, but I don't think we'll be baking anything today. Where we're going, we might get a bit of water, some bread, and a slice of mutton. Mutton? Yep, mutton. Why don't I tell you the names of some of the books in my book bag, and you can tell me where you think we'll be adventuring to? Okay? Okay. Okay. Let me see. Aha! Here, I've got the Ninth Nugget by Rob Roy, Sarah's Journey West by Nikki Shannon Smith, The Great Horn Spoon by Sid Fleischman, and Pedro's Pan by Matthew Leslie. A Journey West. A nugget, a pan, and a great horn spoon. Those books don't seem to have anything to do with one another. Bug, I still have no idea where we're going. Can you help us out with another hint? Okay, okay. How about this? Our trip today is a golden opportunity for us to travel back in time to a unique moment in California's history. California's history. Hmm. So we are going back in time on a journey to California. And we are taking round pans and wearing waterproof boots. Any ideas, reader? I'm not sure, but maybe. <gasps> Reading bug, are we going on an adventure to the California Gold Rush? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly where we're going, Lauren. We need to travel back in time because the California Gold Rush began in 1848 and was over by 1855. But during this time. Nearly three hundred thousand people traveled to California to try to strike it rich by finding gold there, and today we'll be traveling there too. That sounds incredible, Reading Bug. How did the gold rush start? It all started when a carpenter named James Marshall was building a sawmill at Sutter's Fort in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains, about one hundred forty miles from a sleepy little town of about one thousand people named San Francisco. He noticed a few flecks of metal in the water and recognized them as gold. He tried to keep it a secret, but the word spread quickly and triggered the California Gold Rush. Wow! Maybe we'll even strike it rich while we're there. Don't get too excited about finding gold today, Lauren. In Secret Agents Jack and Max Stalwart: The Race for Gold Treasure, the author says that miners had to work really, really hard to find gold. They mostly panned for gold by standing in the river and swirling gravel, dirt, and water around in a pan, like the ones I asked you to bring along today. If they were lucky. Gold flakes and sometimes nuggets would settle to the bottom of the pan, but most of the thousands of people who came to California to look for gold never got rich. Many of them lost all their money that they had spent to get there and wound up with nothing at all. Panning for gold may be hard work, but at least it won't be dangerous, right? Well, like all good adventures, we'll have to be on the lookout for danger. Back in 1848, California had lots of mountain lions, bobcats, rattlesnakes, and bears. There weren't highways, paved roads, or cars, so even traveling from place to place was treacherous. And there were lots of bandits who got rich by stealing gold and other possessions from the hardworking gold prospectors. There were also fights between the prospectors and the Native Americans who had lived in the Sierra Nevada foothills for hundreds of years before the gold rush. You mean we might face wild animals, bandits, and angry Native Americans today? <laughs> It's certainly possible, Lauren. But it's important to remember that Native Americans were in more danger than the miners during the gold rush. I read in the Race for Gold Treasure that many Native Americans were forced off their lands during the gold rush, and that silt and chemicals from prospecting killed a lot of the fish and animals that the Native Americans caught for food. Native Americans also caught deadly diseases from the miners who had traveled into their land, 
at least 100,000 Native Americans died during the gold rush. Oh no, that's awful reading, Bug. Yeah, if you want to know more about California's Native American Indians, you should read Adopted by Indians, A True Story. It's a nonfiction book about Thomas Jefferson Mayfield, who spent his childhood living among the Choinumne Indians of California's San Joaquin Valley. Since we'll be looking for gold today, which sounds like pretty hard work, why don't we take a second to stretch out and get ready for our trip? Let's stand up, unless you're buckled into your car or tucked into your bed, and wiggle our fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect! Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Thanks for the stretches, Lauren. We're going to need to be stretched out for the hard work we'll be doing today. I read in, what was the gold rush that miners had to squat, kneel, or stand for up to 10 hours a day? They carried heavy buckets filled with dirt or water, shoveled gravel, moved rocks, and waded in waist-deep cold rivers, all in their attempts to find gold. 10 hours? Well, I guess if we end up striking it rich, it'll be all worth it, right? Oh, and one last thing before we go. Reader. Did you remember to bring paper and crayons with you today? On every adventure, we love to take time to draw pictures of all the things we see and do together. Just like illustrators who draw the pictures in the books we read, you can draw pictures of everything we experience. Draw anything you want at any time, and your illustrations will help you retell our gold rush story to your family and friends when we return. At the end of today's adventure, we'll take a bit of time to listen to music and draw our pictures together, but you're welcome to stop and draw at any time. Just press pause and press play again when you're ready to continue. I can't wait to see the gold mine of pictures you draw today. If you didn't remember to bring crayons and paper, don't worry. Just press pause or have a grown-up do it for you and get them now. The reading bug and I will wait right here for you. Okay, I think we're all ready to go. Off on another incredible adventure together. Magic Book Bag, take us back to the days of old when thousands of people went to California seeking gold. Maybe we'll find some gold dust before we have to say farewell and come back home with lots of great stories to tell. Look, reader, the reading bug is opening her book bag and it's growing bigger and bigger, big enough to fit us all inside. Oh, and look, inside the bag, I can see wagon trains pulled by oxen with families trudging along beside them. Clipper ships with square white sails on their three masts. And steamships, heavy with people, all on their way to California. I see men wearing flannel shirts, standing in water, and swirling pans filled with dirt and gravel. And dusty towns filled with dirty shacks and tattered tents. I also see redwood and pine forests. And golden meadows, quail, bald eagles, snakes, mountain lions, and bears. Don't forget all the new words swirling around in there. I see slickens, spangles, pyrite, motherlode, hornspoon, 49ers, placer gold, and more. Is everyone ready to go? Great! On the count of three, jump into the book bag with me. One, two, three, jump! Let's jump! 
Inside our book bag, what will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag, our trusty book bag? What will we learn about today? Here we go. The book bag is taking us up, up, up into the sky, floating over the clouds and mountains. And look, my watch is counting backwards as we travel back in time. We're going back more than 150 years. But with the magic of the Reading Bug's book bag, and our imaginations, of course, we should be there in no time. Hey, look, I think we're getting closer. I can see the Pacific Ocean as we cross the Rocky Mountains and enter the hills at the foot of the Rockies. There aren't any highways or roads out here. No tall buildings, houses, swimming pools, or shopping malls. Just lots and lots of open land. That's because there weren't many people in California in 1849, Lauren. Before the gold rush, only about 100,000 people lived here, compared to nearly 40 million people that live here now. And look below us. It's an enormous field, but that field isn't green. It's gold. Reader, reading bug, we did it. We found gold, and a lot of it too. I don't think... Hold on tight. This bag is coming in for a landing. Wow, listen. I'm listening, but I don't hear anything at all. Exactly. It's so quiet out here. All I can hear are a few songbirds flying around outside the book bag. And you know what that means? No. What? It means that all the gold we saw is ours. There's no one else here. What are we waiting for? Let's get this adventure started and grab that gold. Everybody out of the bag. Hmm. This isn't what I thought I saw when we were flying overhead in the book bag. This field isn't filled with gold at all. It's full of... dried grass. The golden color of the grass made it look like the field was full of gold. I really thought we had struck it rich. I told you, Lauren. Even though hundreds of thousands of people set out to find their fortunes in California, finding gold required a lot of hard work. (laughs) Oh, now don't cry, Lauren. Our adventure has only just begun. Who knows what we'll see or find today? That wasn't me crying, Reading Bug. Look! There, at the end of the meadow, close to the stand of trees, is a giant oak tree. The tree trunk splits about ten feet off the ground, forming a Y shape. Do you see it? I do! And sitting right there in the middle of the split trunk is a man. He's wearing an old, dirty shirt and pants and some heavy-looking work boots. His arms look dirty, too, and he has a full head of messy black hair. And look, he's got an instrument. It looks like a violin on his lap, but he isn't playing it. He's holding his head in his hands, crying. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go see if he needs some help. Follow me. Um, hello, sir. My name is Lauren, and this is the reading bug and our reader friend. We don't mean to interrupt you, but we couldn't help hearing you crying, and my friends and I wanted to make sure you were okay. Oh, oh, you saw that, did you? Just a case of the gold rush blues, I'm afraid. Nothing to do about it but sit and weep. It's nice to have some company, though. (laughs) Have a seat. You folks Argonauts, too? Argonauts? Argonauts is people that are searching for gold. Are you here searching for gold? Seems everybody I meet is. Some luckier than others. Oh, no. We're adventurers. Well, 
I guess we're Argonauts, too, because we'd really, really like to find some gold. But we don't have the slightest idea how. Say, could you tell me what year it is? Why, it's 1849, of course. Oh, and where's my manners? My name is Isaiah Freeman, and it's good to meet you, Lauren. Reader, reading bug. Now, if you come out here looking for gold, you're in the right place. Only it seems I ain't got the slightest idea how to find it either. Where exactly are we, Isaiah? You're in a field. (laughs) Well, yes, we can see that, but... In California, just outside of a mining camp named Grizzly Gulch, up north a ways from San Francisco. Wait, did you say grizzly? As in grizzly bear? (laughs) Yes, I sure did, but there's no need to worry. The mining camp is named that because there used to be lots of grizzly bears roaming around here, but all the miners been shooting them so fast that no one's seen a grizzly for nigh on six months now. Why would the miners shoot all the grizzlies? Why? Grizzly bears are very scary animals. Haven't you ever seen one? They are much bigger and stronger than a man. And you know, a full-grown grizzly bear can stand eight feet tall, and they can run much faster than we can, too. Bears also like to steal our food, which is in real short supply around here. Oh! Grizzlies don't usually attack people, but they can. And when they do, they always win the fight. So when we see them, we kill them. Just like that. Oh, now don't look at me like that. The miners use dirt near every part of the bear we kill. We make delicious bear stew out of the meat. We use the bear skins for rugs and blankets and for coats and vests so we can stay warm out here during the freezing winter months. And we even rub bear fat on our jackboots to keep the water out when we wade in the river panning for gold. Jackboots? What's a jackboot? Well, just take a look at the boots I'm wearing, see? Jackboots are like mine. They reach all the way up to the knees. I need these tall boots to keep me dry when I wade into the river looking for gold. Isaiah, I don't mean to be nosy, but you said earlier that you've got the Gold Rush Blues, and that's why you were crying. What are the Gold Rush Blues? Uh, Well, see, I think the best way to explain them is with this song I wrote. Want to hear? Well, I came out west to find my fortune, left my wife and child back home. I gone and worked myself to the brink of exhaustion Trying to find gold all on my own I wish I'd find a flake or a nugget I don't need no mother load Just enough to get me back to Sag Harbor I don't think I can make it much longer I just can't shake this bad, bad case of Gold Rush Blues Oh, the Gold Rush Blues gonna find you The gold rush blue's gonna come Can't find no gold waiting in the cold But the blues you can't run from No, no You can try, but you can't run away from the blues I ain't got no fortune, got no family But the gold rush blue's got me There's brown dirt in my pan and blues in my soul, but I still ain't got no gold.
I came out west to find my fortune, left my wife and child back home. I gone and worked myself to the brink of exhaustion, trying to find gold all on my own. I wish I'd find a flake or a nugget, I don't need no mother load. Just enough to get me back to Sag Harbor I don't think I can make it much longer I just can't shake this bad, bad case of gold rush. Oh, those minor 49er blues Makes sense to y'all now? I think so, yeah But, Isaiah, if you want to go back home so badly, why don't you? Mm, that's easier said than done, Lauren I left my home in Sag Harbor, New York when I lost my job in a whaling ship. The whaling business collapsed a couple years ago when other fuels like coal oil were discovered. Then in 1848, we started hearing rumors that people in California were stuffing their pockets with gold that was just lying on the ground. So when the owner of my whaling ship decided to carry passengers out west to California in 1849, I took my life savings and paid for a ticket. My wife Phoebe and my daughter Daisy pleaded with me not to go, but it was impossible to find another job nearby. So I went anyway. You mean you left your wife and child to come here to California? I had to. Don't you see? A man's got to make money to feed and house his family, and there was no money to be made in Sag Harbor. It took more than three months to sail around South America and reach San Francisco. And I've been out here in Grizzly Gulch for another 12. If there ever was gold lying around, it must have been gone by the time I got here. I've been panning for gold all year, and I've barely found enough to pay for my living expenses, let alone send money back home. Oh, so now I'm ready to admit defeat and go home. But I can't. Why not? Getting home costs money. And I got none. I have to buy a ticket to sail back home. I don't have any gold, and I used up all my money just getting here. And that, my friends, is why I'm sitting up here in this here tree. I don't understand. You don't have any money to go home, and that's why you're sitting in a tree? <laughs> well, this ain't just any tree. This here is a wishing tree. My daddy once told me that a tree with two branches that form a Y is a wishing tree. And that if you sit in that Y and make a wish... Your heart's desire will come true. I've been coming out here every day before I start panning and asking this wishing tree to help me find my way home. But it hasn't worked. And I don't think it ever will. Isaiah, you've got to think of Phoebe and Daisy. You can't give up on your dream. Reader, Reading Bug, maybe that's why we landed here today, right next to the wishing tree, so that we could help make Isaiah's wish come true. <laughs> Well, I'm afraid my wish is too big for a couple of strangers and a bug to help make it come true. But I sure do appreciate your offer to help. Don't give up yet, Isaiah. Why don't we help you look for gold today? Who knows? We might just get lucky. And you can teach us a thing or two, too. We'd have to have a rare bit of luck to find enough gold for me to buy a ticket home with. But you know, I'd love your company anyway. It can be pretty lonely out here sometimes. And getting close to folks who want to beat you to finding the same gold that you're searching for is tough. If we start now, we'll get to my stake for noon. Great! Let's get started then. One last wish on the wishing tree before we go. 
I'm wishing that we all stay safe today and bring back some gold to show for all our hard work. Well, what are you going to wish for? Reader, do you have a wish for the wishing tree before we go? Great. Now then, follow me. We don't have much time to waste if we're going to find the mother load that'll buy me a trip back home. Reading bug, do you know what a mother load is? Most of the gold in California was found in hard rocks, usually quartz, with gold veins running through it. Some of the rocks made it to the surface where miners could find it on the land or in the water. Most of it was under the ground. A mother load is a huge deposit of gold that runs through quartz found in the foothills. Placer gold is the gold found on the surface, and load gold is the gold found under the ground. I hope you're fit for a long walk. I ain't got a carriage or a horse, and my claim's a fair way outside of Grizzly Gulch. Oh, Isaiah, every time you say grizzly, a shiver runs down my spine. Are you sure we're not going to run into any ferocious bears out here? Pretty sure, yeah, but no guarantees. Well, listen, Grizzly Gulch is pretty tame, all things considered. Hangtown and Murderer's Gulch are just up north from here. Hangtown? Murderer's Gulch? Sure. Suddenly, Grizzly don't seem so bad, does it? (laughs) Yeah, I guess it could be worse. Lead the way, Isaiah. Now, since y'all said you ain't from around here, let me tell you a few important things. First, stick close. There's lots of honest gold seekers around here trying to strike it rich through hard work and a bit of luck. But there's just as many trying to get rich the easy way by stealing gold and supplies from the honest gold seekers. The River Rush gang's been robbing pioneers left and right, and we don't want to run into them today. The River Rush gang? They sound dangerous. No, they are. But what can be even more dangerous is getting dehydrated out here. The sun will be bearing down hot in no time, so if you start to get a headache or feel dizzy, you let me know. Oh, yes, we know all about keeping hydrated, Isaiah. Don't we, reader? If we get thirsty, we'll just grab a sip of water. Not from the rivers or streams around here, you won't. That's the third rule. And maybe the most important. Don't drink the water. Don't drink the water? But you just said... I know what I just said. But the water around here is crawling with dysentery, or worse, like cholera. You got gold prospectors on every inch of this land, dragging their horses and livestock through the water, bathing, dumping garbage. The water may be the most dangerous thing out here, so don't drink it unless you get a chance to boil it first. Or better yet, just grab a cup of coffee. Coffee? Ew! Everybody stop. Isaiah, what's going on? Shh. Not sure. But it sounds like trouble up ahead. Maybe the River Rush gang? Let's get off the main road here and walk through the trees instead. Just in case. Just in case? Just keep quiet and everything will be fine. Follow me. Reader, reading bug, look. Through the trees... I see a man and a woman on top of a horse-pulled carriage. But three scraggly-looking bandits are standing in front of them in the road. The River Rush Gang. Just keep walking quiet-like and we'll pass them in no time. If we're lucky, they won't pay us any attention at all. That's it, nice and slow. Hand down them tools to me. I think you've got more than this. 
What you hiding back there anyway? Is it gold? No, no, sir. We haven't got any gold at all. Just like everyone else out here, we're not finding anything these days. Then just show me what you got. Or do I need to make you show me? Isaiah, wait! We have to do something! I'm afraid the River Rush gang is going to hurt those people. We can't just walk away. I'm afraid it's every person for his or herself out here, Bug. If we stop to help, we might get hurt. No, please don't hurt us. But we have to do something, Isaiah. Raider, do you have any ideas? I think I have an idea. Look! Look? Where? Over there! I think I see something coming out of the woods that can help us help those poor people. Do you see? Oh, yes, I do see it. Or them. I see two somethings. They're brown and furry, and they're playing like children racing around and tussling with each other. But what are they, and how could they help us? They're bears, Lauren. Baby bears. Bears? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Why did you say uh-oh, Isaiah? Mm, those cute little cubs are grizzly bears, Lauren. And where there's a bear cub, there's usually a mama. My thinking exactly. What better way to scare a gang of bandits than with a grizzly bear? Grizzly bear? But I thought you said grizzly bears were extinct. The last time anyone saw a wild grizzly bear in California was 1924. But we're in 1849, remember? And even though they were rare, grizzly bears still lived here in 1849. And you wanna what? Lead that mama bear over to the River Rush gang? Exactly. Nope, 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 nope. We'd be lucky to escape with our own lives if we did that. A mama bear will do anything to protect her cubs if she thinks that they're in danger. So we need to keep quiet and stay put. No sudden movements, anyone. I'm getting unpatient waiting on you to show me what you got. What's a man got to do around here to get what he wants? No, no, please, no. This is all we got. We need to hurry up and help them. Reading Bug, I think Isaiah's right. I want to help too, but we can't put ourselves in harm's way. Maybe we need to stop and think of a better plan. One that helps keep us safe too. Exactly! As a matter of fact, while we all figure out what to do to keep ourselves safe from a mama grizzly bear and help the people who've been stopped by the River Rush gang, I think I'm going to pause our adventure right here. Don't go anywhere. The Reading Bug and I will be right back in just one minute. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. 
So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Today's episode of Reading Book Adventures is sponsored by Sourcebooks and the latest book in the Looky Looky Little One series, Under the Sea, by Sandra Magsamen. Let's see. Where is it? Hmm. Oh, oh, yes. I found it. I found it. Hi, Reading Bug. What did you find? Oh, hi, Lauren. I just found the seahorse holding an ice cream cone in this wonderful little board book, Looky Looky Little One Under the Sea. How fun. That book is part of a whole series of Looky Looky interactive board books, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. It sure is. The series is by Sandra Mag Salmon, and it's so, so, so much fun. I'd recommend it for any toddler and for their parents, of course. Oh, and look, there's the octopus holding a purse. (laughs) Great job, reading bug. This looks like a wild under-the-sea adventure, perfect for wiggly toddlers who need more engagement during story time. Yes, you can purchase Looky Looky Little One Under the Sea and all the other books in this adorable series at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thank you so much to Sourcebooks for their support. Hi, reader. Welcome back. Be sure to keep your voice to a whisper, because we've got danger all around us. The River Rush Gang is in the middle of the road in front of us, robbing some poor gold prospectors, and just over there to our right are two grizzly bear cubs. They're playing with one another, and they haven't seen us yet, but... Where there's grizzly cubs, there's usually a grizzly mama nearby. Exactly, Isaiah. Please, please don't take our gear. It's all we got. Until I find gold, I'm going to take everything else in here. Lauren, we've got to help those poor people. The River Rush Gang is stealing everything they have. And besides, I don't think we can get to Isaiah's claim to look for gold together unless the bears or the gang move out of the way. We need a plan. Reader, were you able to think of a plan to help get ourselves and the other prospectors to safety? I bet we could get the bear cubs to chase me out onto the road near the River Rush Gang. And if the mama bear follows them out there, she's sure to scare the gang away. What do you think? Chase you? Reading Bug, that sounds dangerous. Well, it's a mind less dangerous than coming face to face with her. Her? Her who? Uh, mama bear. Oh, no. Look, reader. Isaiah was right. The mama bear is nearby. She's right there walking out from behind the trees. And she is so, so big. She must be eight feet tall or more, standing on her hind legs. Her ears are round, like the cubs, but she is much lighter color than they are. And she has a hump on each of her shoulders. They're called grizzly bears because as they get older, the fur on their face and shoulders becomes silver-tipped. In other words, the silver tips on their fur makes them appear grizzled, which means old. But don't be deceived by her fur color, Lauren. That mama bear is young and strong. Lauren, reader, don't move. We don't want that grizzly to see us. Readenbug, if you want to distract those bear cubs, now might be your only chance. Okay, Isaiah. I think if I fly around in front of those cubs, they might just chase me. Wish me luck. Readenbug, wait. Be careful. She left. Look. She's flying around the sides of those bear cubs' heads, and sure enough, they're noticing. One of the cubs is swatting at her with his paw. Readenbug, look out! And look, it's working. She's flying away just in front of their noses. And as they keep on trying to swat her, 
They're following right out into the open road. And the mama bear is following with her cubs, just like the reading bug said she would. Now the River Rush gang just needs to notice they've got some unwanted company. I told you, I don't have any goo. 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 Grizzly. That trick ain't gonna work with us, fella. Ain't been a grizzly around these parts in weeks. Go on and hand over your... Ah! Ah! That's a grizzly, sure enough. Quick, let's get out of here and fast. I can't believe it. The reading bug's plan worked. The other prospectors are safe. The River Rush gang is gone. And the grizzly bears are no longer in our way. That sure was some fancy flying bug. Nice work. Why, thank you, Isaiah. Now that the coast is clear, what do you say we keep on walking so we can find the place where you staked your claim and get on with finding some gold? Say, what does stake a claim mean anyway? Well, there aren't many laws out here in the gold country, so the miners have to make their own. Out here, they decided that each prospector had the right to stake his claim to a small plot of ground where no one else was working. Most plots is usually only four or five feet on each side, and we mark them by pounding a stake or a peg in at each corner. Once a claim is staked, it belongs to that one prospector, and no one else is allowed to look for gold on his claim, as long as you work the property at least one day every month, that is. Of course, the other 29 days of the month, I still got to chase away claim jumpers like the River Rush gang, folks would try and steal claims away from their owners. Just a bit further ahead now. Isaiah, you brought your fiddle along with you? Think you might be able to play and sing a song as we walk? Now that the River Rush gang is running for the hills, and we don't got to worry about them hearing us, that's a wonderful idea. I always love playing a bit of music to help brighten my mood. How about I sing you a song that the miners sing called, Oh Susanna. The chorus goes like this. Oh Susanna. Don't you cry for me I'm going to California With my wash pan on my knee Can you sing it with me now? Oh, oh Susanna Don't you cry for me I'm going to California With my wash pan on my knee Now remember to sing along with me Each time I get to the chorus Oh, I come from Salem City with my washpan on my knee. I'm going to California, I ate the gold dust fur to see. It rained all day, the day I left, the weather it was dry. The sun's so hot, I froze to death. Oh, brothers, don't you cry. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. I'm going to California with my washpan on my knee. I jumped aboard the Lazar ship and traveled on to sea. And every time I thought of home, I wished it wasn't me. The vessel reared like any horse that had of oats and wealth. I found it wouldn't throw me, so I thought I'd throw myself. Oh, Susanna, 
don't you cry for me. I'm going to California with my washpan on my knee. I soon shall be in Frisco, and there I'll look around. And when I see the gold lumps, I'll pick them off the ground. I'll scrape the mountains clean, my boys. I'll drain the rivers dry. A pocket full of rocks bring home, so brothers, don't you cry. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. I'm going to California with my washpan on my knee. Well, look at here. That little ditty did the trick. We made it to the diggings in no time at all. The diggings? I don't see anyone digging anything. But there are lots of other men around wearing flannel shirts and jackboots, clustered in plots on either side of the river, and using big, funny-looking scoops to pour dirt and water into their pans. Those funny-looking scoops are a very important piece of equipment for prospectors. Look, I got one too. This here's called a horn spoon because it's made from the horn of a cow. We use them to scrape dirt from the rocks on our claim in order to see if we can find any spangles or gold running through. We also use them to scoop dirt and rocks from the river into our wash pans. Speaking of pans, I sure am glad y'all brought your own, because these pans are almost as precious and as rare as gold dust. Isaiah, this is what we've been looking forward to this whole adventure, finding some gold. Would you mind teaching us how to use our pans to hunt for gold? Remember, we're here to help you find enough gold to buy yourself a ticket back home. And three gold prospectors has got to be better than just one. You're right about that. I'd be happy to teach you. Grab your pans and first, we'll need to wade out into the water. Okay. Reader, are you ready? Let's slowly make our way into the middle of the river with Isaiah. Oh, fur! The water is so cold! How can the water be so cold when it's so warm outside? The water's cold because it comes from the snowpack at the top of the mountains. As the snow melts in the warmer months, the water flows down the mountain and into these rivers. So you're right, this water is cold. It's darn near close to freezing. Now, since you don't have a horn spoon, you're going to need to use your pan to scoop up some dirt and water from the bottom of the river. Make sure that your pan is more than half filled with dirt and water like this. Like this? Exactly. Now watch me close. Take your pan and hold it out in front of you, like so. Then start shaking it while you move the water around in a circular motion. That's going to cause the heavier material in the dirt to sink to the bottom. Good job. Now slowly tilt the pan and swirl the water at the very top out and back into the river. And shake your pan again for a while until you've gotten rid of all the rocks and slickens that hadn't sunk to the bottom of the pan. And that's it. If there's gold in the bottom of the pan when you're done, we call it hitting pay dirt. Slickens? That's a funny word. What are slickens? Slickens is mud after any gold has been washed out of it. See, gold is heavier than rocks or mud. So when you swirl the pan around just right, the spangles fall to the bottom for you to keep, and the slickens go flying out of the pan. Oh, Isaiah, you really do this for hours and hours? Not only am I cold in the water, but this is really backbreaking work. There's lots of stooping over, picking up, and shaking with nothing at all to show for it. 
Hey, wait! I think I see something in my pan. Reader, reading bug, Isaiah, look! There's lots of sparkling dust, and even some bigger sparkling pebbles floating in the water and the mud in here. It's gold! You're right, Lauren. Hip, hip, hooray! Isaiah, come take a look. It's pay dirt for sure. Hey, Harry, they got gold. Oh, did I hear gold? Gold, Isaiah? Follow me. Let's go see the gold. That ain't nothing. Don't you know anything about gold? Who'd you bring with you, Isaiah? Isaiah, what's happening? Why isn't everyone excited about the gold I found? I don't understand. My pan is filled with spangles. Isn't that what you told us to look for? There's a lot of sparkle in your pan, all right, Lauren. But all that glitters is not gold. Take a close look in your pan. Do you see how the sparkles, even the sparkly pebbles, are floating on the top of the water? They haven't sunk to the bottom of the pan at all. And remember what I told you about the weight of gold? That it's heavier than the slickens? Exactly right, Bug. If that there was gold, it'd be sinking, not sitting up on top. What you found is a whole lot of fool's gold. Fool's gold? What's fool's gold? I read about fool's gold and what was the gold rush. Fool's gold is a mineral called pyrite that looks a lot like gold. Yeah, except it's not worth a penny. That's right. Remember the story I told you about James Marshall, who was the first man to find gold in California? His crew had built a canal to bring water from the river to the sawmill they built. When Marshall checked the canal, he found some small gold nuggets and flakes in the water. He scooped them up in his hat and showed his crew, but everyone thought it was probably fool's gold. Marshall also showed sparkly dust and nuggets to John Sutter, and he had an idea how they could determine whether the dust and nuggets were real gold or pyrite. When he weighed the nuggets and a bunch of other small rocks about the same size, he found that the sparkly nuggets were much heavier than the other rocks, and that proved that it was real gold. Oh my. I guess my glitter isn't real gold after all. I'm sorry, Isaiah. I thought the wishing tree had finally granted your heart's desire. Nah, that's okay, Lauren. I've been working this claim for over a year, and I think it's all panned out. I weren't expecting much gold today. We can't give up, Isaiah. We're here on this adventure to find some gold, and you need to get home to your family. If your claim is all panned out, then maybe we need to be looking somewhere else for gold. What do you think? Is there somewhere else we could look? (laughs) If there was somewhere else, I'd have looked there by now. I'm afraid this empty claim's all I got. Hey! Uh, Yeah, you! Get away from my pack there! Shoo! What kind of animal was that, Isaiah? It looked like a fat squirrel or a groundhog, and it was trying to get into your pack! Oh, that there was a fat little marmot. He lives in the hole just over yonder, and he's always popping out to try and steal my lunch. Them creatures get themselves nice and fat during the summertime, then hibernate in their deep burrow all winter. Did you say that was a marmot, Isaiah? Yep. I might have an idea then. Isaiah, remember that you told me the gold on the surface was placer gold? Well, sure I do. And we've been looking for that placer gold on your claim today, right? But there's more than just placer gold. There's also load gold. The gold buried underground. Well, sure. But we only got a horn and some pans. We can't dig deep into the ground looking for load gold. You're right. We can't. Lauren, reader, a marmot is a large ground squirrel that lives in burrows, tunnels that the marmot digs, under the ground. There was a Greek historian named Herodotus. 
He lived hundreds of years ago. He wrote about furry ants that were bigger than foxes and smaller than dogs that dug gold out of the ground. The Persian people who lived nearby were able to collect. Some people think that Herodotus confused the old Persian word for marmot with the word for mountain ant. In other words, the furry ants that mined gold dust for the Persians were marmots. Marmots? You mean like that darn full creature that lives on my claim? That's right. But there's marmots all over the foothills, and I never seen a marmot bringing gold to the surface. That's probably just a fairy tale. I'm not so sure about that, Isaiah. If there's gold around here, then a marmot could certainly run into it underground when building his burrow. That's right. Marmots can burrow really deep. And besides, you said yourself that the claim was probably panned out. This may be our only hope of finding gold. Well, color me doubtful, but I guess it couldn't hurt to try. That's the spirit, Isaiah. Now, why don't you show us where that marmot's burrow is? Well, it's just up there, right at the corner of my claim, see? Now, follow me. Look, there's loose dirt all around the hole that the marmot dug. That's all the dirt he and his marmot friends have carried up to the surface from deep, deep below ground. If there's gold underground on your claim, Isaiah, then there's probably some in the loose dirt from the marmot burrow. Well, then what are we waiting for? Everyone, grab a pan of that dirt, and let's see if there's any gold in it. Great. Now, let's bring it back to the river. Okay. Now, just like Isaiah taught us, put some water in your pan with the dirt and start shaking it while you move the water around in a circular motion. Now, slowly tilt the pan and swirl the water at the very top out and back into the river to get rid of all the rocks and slickens that aren't sinking to the bottom of the pan. Great job. Well, I'll be. Lauren, reader, look in your pans. It's, it's... Gold! And plenty of it, too. With this gold and what's sure to be in the rest of that marmot dirt, I'll be able to get a ticket back to Sag Harbor and see my Phoebe and my little Daisy. And maybe bring a bit of money back with me, too. Looks like your wishing tree was listening after all, Isaiah. Well, maybe I found me a wishing marmot instead. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny over here, friend? Oh, no. Lauren, reader, Isaiah... It's the River Rush Gang. I ain't your friend, that's for sure. Oh, we'll be real close pals once you give me all your gold, friend. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We'll be real close. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't... How did you... Save your breath. Just hand over the gold. But you don't understand. Isaiah just needs enough to buy a ticket back home to Sag Harbor so he can be with his wife and daughter again. Please, you can't do this. No, no, Lauren. These men are dangerous. Please. I know you wanted to help, but we gotta just do what they say. What about Phoebe and Daisy? Like I told you, I got the Gold Rush Blues. Ain't nothing gonna get me back home to Sag Harbor. I'm waiting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just don't hurt my new friends here. I'll get you all the gold you need. I ain't never been no good at finding gold, and today was no exception. But just as I was about to give up, we done seen a fat marmot sniffing around my pack. The reading bug here told me that marmots dig deep in the dirt to build their burrows, and that they bring the soil up to the top as they dig. But the way she figured, if they's doing all that digging, 
then the dirt from their burrow might be full of load gold. And sure enough, soon as we panned some of the dirt from that marmot's burrow, we ended up with pans full of gold. I'd be happy to show you, so long as you let me keep enough for a ticket back home. <laughs> Marmot dirt. Talking bugs. Boy, this feller's crazier than a soup sandwich. Come on, we'll leave these fools to their fool's gold and marmot turds. I hear that the fella just down yonder grabbed hisself a nugget today. Let's pay him a visit instead. Best of luck getting to Sag Harbor with them stories, feller. I can't believe it. They just done up and left. They didn't even take a look in our pans. Well, your story does sound a little bit hard to believe. You got that right. It's as crazy as a Betsy bug. But every word of it's true. And now I've got the money I need to get back home to take care of my family. Well, I came out west to find my fortune. Now I'm taking some money back home. Gotta get myself back to my wife and my child. I can't spend one more day on my own. I never thought I'd find a flake or a nugget in the dirt from a marmot's home. I got enough to get me back to Sag Harbor with my new friend's help. I'm blue no longer. I finally shook this bad, bad case of gold rush. Bye bye, blues. I'm through with you, blues. Lauren, reader, reading bug, will you come back to Grizzly Gulch with me? We got some celebrating to do after all. And then I- I've got to come back here and pan the rest of the dirt from that marmot burrow to see how much more gold I'll find. After that, I'll, I'll take the riverboat back to San Francisco where I can buy a ticket back home and use the rest of that gold to make a better life for my wife and daughter. There's no way I can thank you for helping me realize my heart's desire. Oh, Isaiah, we're so happy to help. And we'd love to go back to Grizzly Gulch with you, but we've got to get back home to our families before they miss us. We're so happy we met you today and that we were able to help your wish become a reality. I understand. Sure I do. Get back to your families just as fast as you can. And you get back safely to yours too, Isaiah. I will indeed. All thanks to you. And a fat, furry little marmot. (laughs) (laughs) Look, reader. The reading bug is opening up her book bag. And you know what that means. Exactly. It's time for us to hop inside and head back home. Goodbye, Isaiah. And good luck. Okay, everyone. If you're ready, it's time for this adventure to come to an end and for all of us to get back home to our families. Hop three times with me, then into the book bag together. Ready? One hop, two hops, three hops, and we're in! We've had a big adventure within our book bag, and I think we saved the day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, book bag. Now it's time to fly away. Look! Isaiah is waving as the rivers and forests of the California foothills fade away and we begin our trip back home. What an incredible adventure. We learned how to pan for gold like real gold prospectors do. And we even found some gold to help our new friend Isaiah get back home to his family. That's right. All thanks to a furry marmot friend and your great idea to check the dirt around his burrow, reading bug. Aw, shucks. 
We saw and did so many incredible things on our adventure today. I'm not sure what I'm going to draw pictures of once our adventure is over. In just a few minutes, I'll play music while we color some pictures together. What part of today's adventure do you think you'll draw, reader? I'm going to draw a picture of you finding gold in your pants, of course. That's a great idea, reading bug. I think I'll draw a picture of Isaiah playing his fiddle. His music was so much fun to listen and sing along to. Whatever you decide to draw, I'm sure it will be spectacular. If you enjoyed today's adventure like I did and want to learn more about the California Gold Rush, you can read any of the books in my book bag. I have a complete list for you at www.thereadingbug.com adventures. Hey, look! We made it! We're back! Reader, thank you for adventuring with us today. You were an excellent gold prospector. I know you can do anything you put your mind to because... When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Cause you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could sing your way into a Broadway show. Don't let anyone tell you no. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can make your dreams come true just by being you. Thank you for joining me in the reading bug on another incredible adventure today, reader. Yeah, I can't wait until I see you next time. Until then, goodbye. Bye-bye. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip. Thank you to our sponsors and to all of you for helping us continue to make this podcast. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com. Thank you for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe, and Brandon Savage. Sound mixing and mastery is by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is our family-owned independent children's bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. Thank you. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Uh